Hello, welcome to the Messy Truth Leadership Podcast. This is where we share stories of the real world, what we call the messy truth, about leading and leadership. Hey, Nikki, how are you doing today? I'm okay, Gavin. How about you? Oh, pretty good. You know, just thought I'd check in and see how you're doing on your quarantine lockdown mood. Well, you know, we like, talked a lot about this. I know. The I last know. Few weeks. And it's good that we check in with each other because, as we say, you know, it's important to check in with those we care about. Yeah. I, you know, this is getting old. Not going to lie. It's getting old. I feel caged in. You know, I'm worried about the cold weather to come and then not really going to feel confined. So I'm really trying to take advantage of these lovely sort of summer, autumn days before I'm really on lockdown. Yeah, it is glorious. It's been glorious few days in, during the day warm, in the evening cool. It's been yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. How are you doing? Being out on your bicycle, right? I have been out on my bicycle. Yeah. Good. I have. I usually do, but but I haven't in the last few days. But I will get out there. Yeah, yeah I know. How are you doing in general from being isolated? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. I mean, routines kind of, as you say, get old a bit. There's very little variety. It's hard to break away from the. We've talked about this also. This sort of routine and monochrome life. But but uh, you know, school is coming back. So if you can call it school, I'm not sure. Edu- education is coming back. <laughs> school, school is uh, is a dog's breakfast, as I used to say where I come from. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes in, <laughs> in the next few weeks. <sighs> but you and I had a conversation recently with someone you know quite well, and they were talking about you know sort of connecting to what you and I do, which we do a lot of coaching, team coaching, and leadership, individual leadership coaching, and. Um, this person you know really well was, was mentioning leadership training in their organization. So we thought that might be you know good to talk about. So just explain that context, frame it for us. Right. So he works for a very, very large company. Mm. And you would think with the largeness and all the resources and the number of staff and you know some kind of commitment to excellence that there would, in fact, be some formal leadership development program. Mm. imagine my surprise when I found out there is none. So we got into a conversation about what's important. And, you know, I won't share all that now because you and I are going to share that with the world. But if we look at it just sort of historically, just even over the lifetime of your career or my career, I think companies have gone from really investing in some pretty decent leadership development, very formal programs, that were very specific to their companies. And then budget cuts started coming in and then everything was digital and then everything. So much has changed, I would say, in the last 20 years mm. in corporations that I would say that what passes there, I, don't, I wouldn't even say that there's leadership development per se, because like you, I'm involved in reading all of these large organizational assessment surveys. And what is like the number one complaint, other than the fact that leadership doesn't know what they're doing, but the number one complaint of staff is that there is no development track, yeah. whether it is formal training or opportunities or, you know, avenues for promotion. This is like the, the major complaint. And so, you know, you and I were talking about, 
I mean, we have some very specific points of view about this, and we thought we'd share them today. So Absolutely. Might, given that that's the state of being right now, that most companies don't have much of anything, Yeah. why don't you explain to the audience what our thoughts are about what is actually most effective when it comes specifically to leadership development? Yes. So, well, let's have a, a chat about that because you, know, we, you and I have been doing this a long time and we've seen, as you said, this evolution. You know, originally, there were, it was sort of classroom-based training, you know, come to the classroom and you'll learn about leadership. And a lot of organizations were set up to do that and a lot of academic institutions set up to do that. And, um, and there are one or two that we still highly regard, actually, who, who have that model but have adapted it to more of a you know, to more of a hybrid model. But that that was the world. And I think things have changed a lot since then. So yeah, budget cuts, organizations don't want to take responsibility for it. So what does work? And that I think, start, that's how your conversation started with this friend of yours, because they said to you, well, what, what exactly do you do when it, when it comes to leadership coaching? Because we have no leadership training here. So what is what is coaching? And of course, for you and I, we think that coaching is the most effective form of development for a leader. So thought might be useful to talk a bit about that on this on this podcast you know what might be other ways of or or sort of broad ways that an individual that's on a leadership track or has aspirations on a leadership track can start to develop themselves as a as an effective leader knowing that the organization may be ambivalent about it may not provide anything anything formal and if it does you may not be selected for it, right. you know, or there may be some process in place where, you know, it's rather ambiguous about how it's done. So, for, you know, for this podcast, we want to talk a lot about coaching, but also about one or two other really powerful right. ways of a leader developing themselves. Right. And let's just, to frame this, let's remind everybody what we think are the three elements to being an effective leader. Yep. So it has to do with knowing yourself really well, it has to do with developing an understanding of other people, especially people who are different than you are. Yeah. And as third, human beings. As human beings, yes. Yeah. And third, um, making meaningful connections, developing and nurturing and maintaining good relationships yeah. with people. So it's right. all very people-focused, self and other. Right. We're not talking about learn how to you know, be a visionary or learn innovation skills or how to develop a strategy. We're not talking about those things. We are talking about something that's highly personal. Right, which is what for us being a leader is. Yes. So a leader is also not, for us, not specifically positional Correct. or hierarchical. It is to do with how you interact with other people and how you influence other people, how you persuade other people, how you, mo how you mobilize other people. And so that's more important the higher up you go in an organization because of the general influence you have. But it's applicable in all kinds of places. And therefore, for us, it is about these three things, which are you know, at their core, people, people issues. Okay, so those, those, those three things being the case, for us, in other words, you know, to be an effective leader, try your best to be really good at these three things, knowing yourself, knowing others as human beings, making meaningful connect, um, connections. Let's explore some, some sort of general principles around how we would go about recommending to people to start developing themselves as leaders? So I would start by saying that you and I have seen it all, mm. all right? So You're telling our, me I'm old. I'm saying I'm way older than you are, okay? 
that that we've been around so long that we've tried pretty much everything. Mm. And um and I think we've drawn some conclusions about what does and what does not work. And that's kind of our whole thing with all of our messy truth orientation, which is the stuff that you read about in books is not necessarily what works on the ground. So I would say, here are the things that you and I have figured out over the years is effective. So for one, we know that there needs to be a great deal of input from lots of sources so that you get information about the impact you have on others. So there are some 360 tools where you get feedback from people above you, peers, and your people who report into you. Some of those tools are very effective, some not so effective. Mm. So that's one form of feedback that can be very potent. Another form of feedback is that comes through performance reviews, you know, some written document that provides both a delineation of the things that you're really good at and some of the things that you need to work on. Another form of feedback is um, somebody, a neutral person, whether it's an HR person or an external coach or somebody, does interviews with people that you interact with most frequently to get at a deeper level of information about how you show up and the impact of your interactions. So, so this is a sort of foundational level of feedback. So, you know, for us, it's important to get feedback. Right. However, there are degrees of feedback. And right. we would certainly, while advocating for a, a base level, a foundation level, we would advocate for, you know, the highest, highest degree possible. So lots of feedback, moments of intensive feedback really important so you know, over you know, intensive meaning over a few days for example you know maybe with a group if you're in a cohort or a group of people in, a, in in some kind of development activity getting lots of feedback intensively over a period of time there's something also for us nikki about anonymous feedback because i think you know there are a lot of apps these days organizations have their own apps where you where you know staff can give feedback to managers so that counts for us that counts as a sort of foundational level of feedback so long as it's not anonymous right Here's the thing about anonymous feedback. It's nasty, usually. Mm. It's not helpful. Mm. It's this is my moment to get my digs in. And every time I've sat with somebody and delivered some written survey where people can comment anonymously, they'll say, oh, I know who said that. And the whole time is spent trying to figure out who these anonymous people are. Waste of time, Mm. waste of energy. And it's like everything on the internet now. You know, it's like, why hide? If this is somebody that you interact with on a routine basis, you know, have the balls to put your name on it yes. and say, I don't like when you do this. Yes. Period. So we're not fans of anonymous feedback. Right. It's not so, honest. So, yeah, yeah. Be honest. And I mean, you're right. Anonymous feedback, it just creates a culture of passive aggression. And it's, yeah. it's just so painful to watch there's something about you know th- this notion of feedback and we've, we've already started to talk about coaching so I, I think a lot of organizations are exploring leadership training and how to do it how much to spend on it whether to do it the organization we mentioned only doesn't do it 
many organizations don't do it. But for those who do, you know, a lot of them are going down the tech route that we'll have apps and we'll have, you know, really smart kind of just in time kind of opportunities. But another uh, principle for us is, is really about people. In other words, it's really hard to, to learn to be a leader if you don't have people around you interacting with you. Are you giving a you fever? Yeah, are you a leader? Yeah, if kind there of, aren't any people around you, <laughs> it's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but you know this kind of idea that you can learn about leadership in in a vacuum without people around you is is kind of odd to us, to yeah. you and I. You've got to learn by getting feedback from other people. You've got to learn by interacting with other people. It's not something you can just read it for, read about in a book or do on an app. You know, it, it's a key a key element for us. Right. And as we've said in other podcasts, we are firm believers you have to be with other people and that you should be asking for feedback routinely. It should just be how you operate in your job. So we can be walking out of a meeting and, and just turning to a colleague and saying, Oof, I think I came off a little bit too heavy handed there. What'd you think? Yeah. It's that habit as well. For getting feedback. Which leads to the, oh, next time I'll practice doing it differently. Exactly. And again, you can't learn how to be a leader without practicing constantly because you're interacting with other people. So you've got to keep practicing with those people. So, so, so yes, got to have people around you to interact with. So you learn about yourself. Got to have people around you to interact with so you can practice these new behaviors and skills with them. Right. Now, another, another principle for us is, is about owning it. What do you mean by that? Explain that. So I have had the experience, you have as well, where employees of an organization sit back and say, I am one of your prized people. I am now entitled to you giving me this whole suite of leadership development opportunities. You should give me a mentor. You should give me a coach. You should give me training opportunities. You should send me to conferences, you know, a few times a year. You should do all of these things for me. Yep. Business school I want to go to. Exactly. Mm. There is something about that that is fundamentally passive Mm. and a sense of entitlement. Now, I'm not saying that companies shouldn't provide resources. I'm not saying that at all. But the mentality of, I work here, you owe me to my way of thinking, does not put the employee in a position of taking responsibility and the commitment themselves to hold themselves accountable for their own learning and development. Because the truth is, even the best of companies that provide a lot of stuff, if you don't use what you've been exposed to, if you don't practice, as we keep saying, what they've been teaching you, then it's all bullshit anyway. And yeah. I think that's what we see so frequently, which is why certain kinds of training have turned us off. But the truth is, is that you as the up and coming leader have to be primarily responsible, primarily accountable for your own learning, wherever you find the resources. Yeah. And, it, and let's, let's say it how it is again. It, a lot of leadership training is bullshit because it's wasted. It's just, you know, resources going down the drain and the participants have little opportunity to practice because they're not entirely sure what they're supposed to practice it becomes a abstract kind of activity exactly yeah so absolutely no i agree with you entirely owning it i mean it does require the organization to provide if not the programs and the 
activities, at least to provide a budget and you know a time allowance for an, for individuals to be able to, to to choose it, and maybe for individuals to self organize and say, hey, well, there are a bunch of us who want to do this particular type of learning. Please organize it for us. Um, but it does require that. And so, so we've got try and own it yourself, practice as much as you can, and you need to have people around you to interact with, to practice on, to learn from and get feedback from. So right. leadership training becomes, you know, a bit of a, an oxymoron. It's more about leadership learning, isn't it? Really? It's, it's really training. about the learning. I think training probably for leaders is the wrong word. Right. Um, and I think that we both have experienced that a lot of our clients really enjoy to get a bunch of this that you're just describing is in these cohort groups within organizations where groups of people are put together and either sometimes it's a mentor that's assigned to the group or it's been an outside coach that's been assigned to help. But that there's something about the group learning experience where, again, to what you were just saying, you're interacting with other human beings. They're your little pod to experiment with and uh, try new behaviors and talk about naughty problems that you, know, yes. you haven't been able to figure out. In a, in a safe place. Safe exactly. Space. Yeah. exactly. I, and I, I find group coaching, if you want to call it that, very effective. I think organizations, you put together five or six people, and they, they, they get an, you know, senior people, they get an outside coach, and those, those individuals start to learn you know, using data, feedback data, start to learn a lot and start to practice on each other, start to share ideas, start to explore new things. It's a really powerful way of, of learning about leadership, I think. So let's think about some so what's for us, Nikki, as we think about this issue of learning about leadership training. So we've, we've talked about feedback, right? We've said, if you want to learn about leaders, to be a leader, learn about leadership, forget about leadership training, start with feedback. Lots of it, intensive, multi-sources, um, ask for it all the time, not anonymous, look people in the eye, send yep. feedback. Right. One. Two, coaching, we've said already, individual one-on-one coaching is by far, in our view, by far the most effective way for individuals to learn about leadership. Group coaching as well is, is really valuable. So coaching is valuable. And the reason it's so powerful is because, Nikki? Because you have the chance in the privacy of that relationship with an external person who is an expert at leading to pretty much let your hair down and take in that feedback in a way that is not defensive, that is not career threatening, but that is truly supportive, truly, truly supportive. Let's just say two more things about the coaching here, because it's so important. Uh, whether it's individual or group coaching, is that both of us have described repeatedly the experience of sitting down with a client in the first session or the second session of sort of digesting all of that feedback that you were just describing and being able to take it in in a way that they never would be able to if the boss was delivering that feedback or even if a colleague was delivering that feedback. So, you know, you're in a safe place. And the thing that I find that is remarkable is there is frequently very little that's new information to the client, but there is an opportunity to do something different this time. 
because of the privacy of the coaching relationship and because it's so apparent that the coach is on their side. And so what happens is that I get an opportunity to definitely not mince words. You know, I mean, I've had clients where I've said, you said what? Like, do you have any concept how awful that was? You know, so I, I don't pussyfoot around anything. And then they'll kind of look at me and they'll go like, what do you mean? You know, like, and then I have to work with them for a little while. And then, you know, the light bulb goes off. And then I go like, that's why you're getting this feedback over and over and over again. Let's figure out something that you can do that's different than that. Yes. And so in the privacy of that, you can both deliver the hard messages and then come up with new strategies, send them out to practice something different. And then they come back and I'm sure you have the same experience. They come back, they go like, wow, that really worked. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, wow, that was really something. And in fact, my boss came up to me afterwards and said, geez, that coaching must really be working. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah, but you can't have one success. You have to, you know, develop a good habit now. You know, it's not just the once and done thing. So that's the power of coaching in, in my mind. Yes, yeah, I totally agree. And, and really to reinforce it, from my side is the this idea of of trusting deep you know just deep, deeply trusting that the coach is going to really be on my side right. only cares about me and improving right. me and that, right. that kind of put puts you in that that bubble right in fact i would say just to, to put a period on that what i have said frequently to clients is in the context of and this is when they know i'm really on their side I'll say something in the course of the conversation that is something like, whether or not you stay at this company, Mm. you're going to be a leader someplace. Mm. So you should get this down. You know, you should figure this out. And so then they know that I'm not beholding to the company. I'm beholding to their success. Yes. Yep. Okay. So we talked about feedback as one two, coaching, and three, the, the third one we've talked about on previous podcasts, this, yeah. this idea of experiences. Right. You know, everybody can learn and improve themselves, develop themselves by getting experience, new experiences, experiences particularly that are unfamiliar to them. Right. And okay, we're living in this COVID world where a lot of people are not actually in an office space or certainly perhaps can't travel, but they could still get new experiences. They can still read books they haven't read before they can still listen to podcasts they haven't listened to before they can they can go into a neighborhood in in the city they live in they haven't been into before or eat food in a place they haven't i mean there are all and this is this is outside work at work it might be hey volunteering for a project or volunteering for a place that they haven't worked in before or a skill that they they hadn't uh, developed yet so this idea of experiences, and particularly ones that are unfamiliar to you, is for us the third element of right. what we would call leadership training, but we right. would like to get away from that phrase if we can. Another one that I would add to that new experience is, by the way, as you were talking in this Zoom reality, is if you become aware of somebody in the organization who you see as an up-and-coming star, then reach out one-to-one mm. with that person and develop a relationship with them. And especially if it's somebody who's very different than you are. And just reach out, you know, hey, I, you were really brilliant in that meeting. I'd love to know more about you. 
tell me about yourself. And just that is a, a good thing to do in our virtual reality right now of just creating relationships with people that you would not ordinarily. And all these three things can be done on in this virtual world we're living in. And probably after when, whatever the end of COVID is, I mean, there will be this sort of part virtual, part physical world in the future. So all of these three things of feedback, coaching, and getting new experiences can be done in a virtual world. So if you're creative, if you think about it in a slightly different way. And so leadership training, and if you own your, your own success and your own development. So leadership training can become something you own and that's something you're in control of in this virtual world. Right. And I, I would say, you know, the bottom line in everything you just summarized is don't be passive. Don't, don't sit back. Think about what we do outside of work. Okay. If I wanted to learn, I don't know how to play chess, mm. I'd figure out a way to learn how to play chess. I wouldn't wait for some chess master to come along and teach it to me. I would figure it out. Right. I don't know why we have a different mentality at work of like, well, I'm just going to wait here until my boss taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, Nikki, have I got an opportunity for you? Like, screw that, you know? Like, treat your own growth at work the same way you would outside of work. Brilliant. You, you just would never, ever sit back and wait for it to drop think in of, your lap. Think of it that way, yeah. yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And what a great way to end. And actually, on that point, I really must get out on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> Great to see you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again. So perhaps we can talk about some of the sort of foundational skills from our point of view uh, for, for leadership and leading. So we, we've talked about knowing yourself, knowing others deeply as human beings, making connections with others. So what are the sort of foundational skills to be able to do those three things well? And you know, perhaps we can talk about those on future podcasts. I'd love it. Great. All right, All right. get on your bike. See you later. Okay. Bye, Nikki. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.